that it's okay to make mistakes in your business. It's okay to make mistakes and try again. I think that that stalls us from doing anything. I'm Nick Armstrong, and this is the Fort Collins Startup Week podcast. Each episode, we get to dig in deep with a business owner in our own community. And today, we get to talk with Tammy Parker from Unicycle Business Consulting. She has over 20 years of business experience, and as Michael Scott says, it is all about the fundamentals. She's going to teach us about the fundamentals of business, and I can't wait for you to get to meet her. Hi, I'm Tammy Parker. I'm the CEO and owner of Unicycle Business Consulting. Um, I bring big business fundamentals to small business and to help them grow from just sound business practices, really. So when you say sound business practices, what does that mean? I had um, three iterations in my corporate career, and I noticed um, that they all do a lot of things similarly, like really sound HR policies and procedures, um, regular business analysis, digging into the numbers and setting projections. And um, I learned three different ways to do that and, and kind of combine them in my own little world and what's best for my client, depending on their size or if they're service-based, things like that. But every large, big, giant corporation regularly analyzes their business and create action plans to change it. Change is always constant. And I hope to bring that to my clients. What is the single best thing that you've seen uh, help small businesses in particular adapt to change on a, on a wider scale? The single best thing that I would, would love to teach every small business owner is that you don't have to be perfect. You can make mistakes and make adjustments. Um, Big business will try something for a week or a day or even two hours. I worked for a company that would try things for two hours on a global scale and analyze and decide what they're going to do next. And often we, as small business owners, are afraid to take the leap to make change because we aren't for sure it's going to go perfectly. So you've got three different panels for Startup Week. Tell Mm -hmm. us about what you're going to be teaching. So my, one of my panels is called Setting Bold and Realistic Goals for Your Business. And, and we're going to talk about finding clarity about what you want in your goals, making sure they're cl- quantifiable, and then how to do the math um, around setting them through quantifiable things rather than, I want higher customer satisfaction. Um, we can bring that down to things that you can actually track. Um, and then I will encourage the... Um, participants to know that they don't have to be able to tell the future, that they can set goals around numbers that don't have to be 100% perfect. Um, In interviewing for the intangibles, that's um, all about finding the right team and really interviewing for mindsets and behaviors as opposed to just hard skills. It's easy to see if somebody is familiar with QuickBooks or do a practical exam to see how comfortable they are in QuickBooks or in any software. Um, But what really makes somebody be a good candidate for you is somebody who has the right mindsets and fits into your small business and cares and behaves with intention and some things like that. So again, I ask a lot of questions around clarity and what you really want from your your new employee. And then we can take action from there. And then self-care for the self-employed. I'm partnering with Allie Owens with that one. This is going to be so much fun. 
But what we're really going to talk about is why it matters. And because of my background in business analysis, I'll be presenting the side of self-care um, and how it impacts your numbers and that it really is important for every small business and not just for yourself. It's important for your customer and your employees as well. What have you seen is the number one intangible disconnect between employers and employees? Um, <laughs> I see employers who want employees that really care about their business. Um, and in order for somebody to care, you have to have transparency. They have to feel like they're a part of the business. And a lot of employers don't want to share the private things about their business, like financials or where we're at and what we want to do to grow and what we need to do to grow when it comes to things like money. Employers want to be very private about that. And I understand money is vulnerable. However, when you clearly show your team why you have this goal, where you're really at, the more information they get, the more engaged they'll be, the more they'll care about your business. How often do you see things like process education or systems training come into play with um, setting goals and allowing them to succeed? Because it seems like there's there's two different components. There's the intangible component, which is the they have to be sort of enabled to dream big or set big goals and realistic goals. Um, and we've seen that certainly with um, things like you know the um, the you know Google policy or other big company policies where they have uh, time each week to work on something crazy. Um, and you know, spark labs and other things like that. Um, and then on the other side, there's also the, you know, how do you accomplish things inside of an organization? Um, how do you utilize the resources that we have available or how do you do, you know, any of those things. And so for a smaller business, I imagine that that process confusion is also somewhat relevant. How often do you see that come into play? All the time. Um, one of the things that most of my clients needed from me was a plan for onboarding or a plan for developing their team to give them the, the skills. We, we kind of welcome somebody into a small business and throw a whole job at them. And that's just not realistic. Um, big business will break a job down into chewable chunks and not expect that person to learn in the first 10 days, they'll expect them to learn 10% of that job, for example, and have them practice it and have them hone it. And yeah, they can observe the other parts of the job, but creating an onboarding plan um, that is actually doable <laughs> is really important. And sometimes they'll exceed and that's great and they'll start doing things that are out of that 10%. But um, I usually break jobs down into a 30, 60, 90 day process to learn processes and procedures. But the next thing that I have to do is challenge the management team or the business owner to give that person the space to be creative, to give them a little autonomy so that they can um, try new things and try and improve process and procedures and things like that. And of course, we want to set expectations of when that would kick in as well. Um, and But that can be a real leap for a small business owner because we are just so invested in you know, blood, sweat, and tears into that small business. And so that can be a challenge, but that's my job is to challenge my client. Okay. Well, let's, let's dive into also this idea of self-care. Um, and how do you, 
you know, how do you implement that beyond like, okay, let's, you know, make our space look really nice or let's take, you know, make sure we have breaks and whatever else like that. What, what are, what are some things that you've seen really successful uh, and also long lasting? They're sticky. Well, something that Allie and I talk about, the first thing is to give yourself a break and know that you're not going to be perfect. You know, it's one thing to say, I'm going to do self-care every day for 30 minutes and that's great, but you own a business and, you know, life happens around you. So giving yourself the grace to not be perfect about your self-care. And then we're going to talk about self-awareness and triggers for yourself. Um, One of the things that is my trigger is um, I do a lot of writing and business writing for clients. And if I need to open a thesaurus on my computer, (laughs) I know that my brain is not functioning at 100% and I should not be working on a client's document. So being self-aware around triggers of, okay, wait, this is not my optimum level of participation for my clients. That's one of my triggers to stop what I'm doing, get up and move around things like that. So we're going to talk about self-awareness. We're also going to talk about how you get to define your own self-care. The internet should not be trusted on this issue. There's a whole lot of hot tea and solitude involved if you go to Pinterest and Google self-care. So we really want to give us all the permission to define it for ourselves. If it's a walk, if it's Um, junk TV, if it's reading the funnies, whatever your self-care is for you, um, you get to pick and you get to decide. So that's a big key for us as well. And then from the business standpoint and maximizing your business from fundamentals, you know, we're going to also talk about, I would never tell a small business owner, you'll never stay late. That's, that's self-care. Don't ever stay late. I won't, I won't say that out loud to them because that's unrealistic when you own a business. The difference is knowing if I stay 30 minutes longer, am I going to sleep better tonight? But if I stay four hours longer, at what point do I become ineffective and I'm actually hurting my business, hurting the product I'm putting out and hurting my self-care? So we're going to talk about balance as well. So those are all super critical things. What about a and and I know your panel specifically focused on the Mm self-employed, but what about the larger businesses that have five to 10 employees and they're trying to figure out how to integrate those things into their practice? Oh, that's a really great idea. Um, And my first thing would be to engage your team in if you're going to do something for self-care for your team while at the business, you know, what does that look like? I recently spoke with a, a wellness center And we talked about giving their employees time in between um, appointments to maybe do some self-grounding meditation or to stretch their muscles. Because as a a massage therapist, your muscles get tired. Those people are physically working hard all day. And there can be a lot of exchange of energy in a room and they can kind of take that on. So having some paid time to center themselves or do whatever's best for them for that specific job is so important. So my best advice would be to talk to your team about what would that mean? And also talk to your team and be transparent about what you need as the owner or as a manager of of teams as well, so that you can help advocate for each other. So often in setting big goals for a company, we see sometimes the, you know, the upper level or the management or the CEO or the owner of the business setting these 
you know, far and reaching goals. Um, how do you, how do you cultivate buy-in on a more intangible level when, you know, what you do is maybe like manufacture carpets or <laughs> things, things that aren't necessarily like awe inspiring work, right? It's easy to show up to like SpaceX or Tesla or UCH and know that like you're, you're changing the world with your work. Um, so how do you, how do you drum up that, that buy-in when you're not, you know, you're, you are carpet mill or you're, you're one of those other businesses that, you know, not traditionally super awe-inspiring. You know, I, first thing that I would do is involve everybody in the whole process. You don't show up with a plan and go, here's what we're going to do. And I came up with these numbers and, and I expect you to do the X, Y, and Z, um, to increase production or whatever, to get buy-in, you, you make everybody feel valuable because frankly, they are, you want to make sure that your numbers are realistic and you're not going to know that as the CEO or the CFO. Um, if you have people in the manufacturing plant doing the work, you need somebody from that world to contribute to that conversation and to help butt check you, frankly, to make sure that your goals are realistic. I'm all about bold goals. We want to stretch. We don't want to do mediocre goals. Um, so it's okay when you have everybody in that conversation to try and be bold and to push us all to be bold, but we also have to be realistic. And also coming with that mindset of everybody needs to contribute to creating this goal because everybody will contribute to its success or failure. You also need two-way communication throughout the process so that you can make sure that, um, that the plan is adaptable again for reality. Um, if you, sometimes companies put out big goals and they put out a plan, the people who actually do the work weren't considered or spoken to at all about the plan. And, and then it kind of just flounders and it's because there's no buy-in, but also because sometimes it can be unrealistic and really having that communication all the way through the process, making the people do the work feel like they are valued and their knowledge of that process is better than yours um, is, is going to be a hundred percent, make it far more successful. You're going to have more buy-in, but you're actually probably going to reach that goal better as well. Okay. So I'll, I'm going to ask you for a funny thing here. What, okay. what is the oddest example of a self-care for a self-entrepreneur, a self-employed employee that you've ever seen? Um, actually, we were hoping to ask this question in the at the event because we were going to ask some people to be transparent with us, and we're going to share our own. Um, mine is that I watch ghost TV. I watch ghost hunters and people walking around in the dark and trying to capture things. And my husband, who is an engineer and has a very different brain than me, is just baffled that I spend time on this. But if I need to turn my brain off, I'm going to watch ghost TV and, and geek out. Um, once in a while, I'll watch a Sasquatch watching program. <laughs> so that's my personal one. Um, but, you know, I do make jokes about it can be anything. Frankly, um, marijuana is legal in the United States, in Colorado. And I can partake of that with a bad migraine to take care of myself and relax and sleep. Um, and I'm okay with admitting that, but not everybody might be. Um, but I, I also make the joke, you know, but I don't recommend heroin. That's one of, you know, <laughs> there's, some, 
<laughs> there's there's limits, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Everything in moderation except heroin. Yeah, except heroin. Generally, I mean, I'm a middle aged lady. I don't. Have, I'm not that well abreast of the drug scene, but <laughs> I don't recommend heroin generally. Uh, so beyond that classic timeless advice, um, <laughs> what's the number one thing that you would like to leave with uh, our audience with? Any like particular like if you had to teach somebody one thing what would it be that it's okay to make mistakes in your business it's okay to make mistakes and try again i think that that stalls us from doing anything i worked for a corporation that has 1400 locations in the united states they would try they would send out an email try an action in every store for 2 hours and say check your email in 2 hours and they would decide, it, sometimes it would say, don't do that anymore. We're done. That did not work in any way. <laughs> um, and sometimes they would say, um, try it for another two hours. And sometimes they would say, try it for the rest of the week. But they were okay with stopping this giant behemoth moving and turning it sideways and being wrong. And that was a huge lesson for me as a business person. Excellent. Where can we find out more about you and your work? Uh, my website is www.unicycle.consulting. Um, I'm also on Instagram, unicycle.consulting. Um, if you look up Unicycle and it's not about the actual bike, it's probably me. Um, so th those are the places. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, happy to help. <laughs>